0: verses 2 through 7, and then 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24, which will be our text. When life's billows, you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? Count your many blessings. Every doubt will fly and you will be singing as the days go by. So amid the conflict, great or small, don't be discouraged. God is over all. Count your many blessings. Angels will attend. Help and comfort you to give to you your journey's end. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one count your blessings, see what God has done. Can I encourage you this morning? No matter what it looks like out there today, no matter what is happening around the world, no matter what kind of sin, craziness is taking this world by storm, no matter what kind of confusion is out there, and I mentioned this in the first service, I was watching some news reports yesterday that just the world has gone crazy they've gone crazy but no matter what the news says no matter what Washington says no matter what the doctor says no matter what the boss says there is a God in heaven there is a God in heaven It was Daniel who said that and said it best to King Nebuchadnezzar who was confused and tortured at night and couldn't sleep. He had dreams and he went to all the people trying to get an interpretation of what these dreams meant. And it was Daniel who said, no man can do that. No no wise man, no counselor, no wizard. None of these false prophets, none of them can interpret your dream, O king. He said, but there is a God in heaven. And one day, it's all going to be sorted out. In the meantime, we've been blessed. We've been delivered. We've been saved. We've been healed. And when you are overwhelmed, remember that there's a God in heaven. When you don't think you can take another step or go another day, when you feel like you have fallen flat on your face, remember there is a God in heaven. And if I affirm any one word to you this morning and you leave here remembering it, let me remind you over again. In spite of it all, through it all, there is a God in heaven. And he is on the throne. He's in charge. He's sovereign. He's God. And you can trust in him. You can lean on him. You can worship him today because he's got you. He's got you. Not very long ago, he spoke a word to me in an impossible situation. He said, I've got you. Watch me move. And he did exactly as he said. He never fails. I want you right now, someone needs to be healed. I'm just going to go with what I feel. The Lord has done it different in both services. And in this service right now, someone needs to be healed in this service right now. I don't know who you are, but I want you, if you need healing, I want you to place your hand on your own body. Somewhere, just anywhere. Put your hand. The Holy Spirit speaks to me that there is going to be someone in this house healed today. The power of the Lord is going to perform it. The the Lord is going to accomplish it. It's him, his blood, his power, his spirit, his work, his angels ministering in this congregation. But right now, Lord, we believe you. Would you cry out? We believe, Lord, right now for the miracle. We believe for the miracle. We believe for healing in our bodies physically. Someone's receiving that right now. God, give them that desire, that, that supernatural touch that only comes from you. Calvary's cross, you took the stripes on your back for healing. And Lord, we're believing for that right now. Your word declares you're the healer. You've raised the dead. You've opened blinded eyes. The lame have walked. The deaf have heard. Lord, you are the healer. In the name of Jesus Christ, we... Believe, we thank you. We declare healing over our brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Are you down here for healing? In Jesus' name. God, I know you. Jesse, you got it right. You think In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord. This is a prayer that went to heaven not too long ago. Thank you for Ruth and the consistent prayers over her boy. Thank you, Lord, for your hand on this family this morning. Thank you, God, that the very desire of her heart as she laid in a hospital, Lord, spoken to her pastor. She said, Lord, I want my family to be right with you, Lord. I thank you for this prayer that's answered in this house this morning. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We honor you. We bless you. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That prayer went to heaven, just. And it's answered this morning. God has answered a prayer in this altar. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It's good to see you, brother. Good to see both of you. Spirit of the Lord is here. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty. Let me bless you with this word word from Isaiah chapter 9. It says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest as men rejoice when they divide the spoil." For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire. Isaiah spoke these words of the coming deliverance. Of the deliverance that would come to God's people. And he goes on and gives us the reason for his Rebuttal the reason for his joy, the reason for the prophecy he's spoken about the rejoicing, the spoils divided, and the sandals of joy, the battle that come to joy. The next verse For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. One day there won't be Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Green Party, Purple Party, Blue Party, Yeller Party. And the government will be upon His shoulders and His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with justice and judgment from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Can you say amen? One day, order. One day, order. Justice, judgment is coming. One day. First Samuel 12 and 24 is our text for this morning. In light of all of this, the words of the prophet Samuel. Speak to us loudly and clearly as a directive and a purpose. Helps us to stay focused on where we're to be and what we're supposed to do. On his deathbed as he lay dying, his last words to the children of Israel. He said, only fear the Lord. Serve him in truth with all of your heart. For consider what great things he has done for you. Let me read it again. Only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth or faithfully, if you look up the Hebrew, what that word means, with all of your heart, for consider what great things He has done for you. Lord, we ask Your blessings on the Word of God. Ask Your grace to be with us for You to touch Your people today. Challenge us, and move us into purpose in the name of Jesus we pray amen amen you can be seated a couple of things I do want to share with you which I'll, I'll do at the end of the message so stick around for just a moment at the conclusion of the service for a couple of things we need to share with you today as we look into the word of God it's important that we remember who we are what we are why we're doing what we're doing and that we remember something very very important there is a God in heaven We need to be reminded of our role and our purpose in why we do church, why we're here today, why you've come, why you got ready, why you got in the car, got your family together, why you come to church, why you're involved and why you serve and why you do the things that you do. You probably remembered. we've talked many times about the vision and the mission of our church. All of it centers around the command that Jesus gave to the disciples. I wouldn't give you two cents for a church mission or vision that doesn't come from the Great Commission, which is in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18, 19, and 20. There you find Jesus giving the instructions to the disciples about what was to take place now. He's leaving the scene. He's already going to be telling them about going up to the upper room in Jerusalem. He's going to be ascending to the right hand of the Father. And he leaves this word with them. He says... All authority and power is given to me in heaven and earth. says, go into all the world. Go and make disciples of all nations. He's on baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them all things that I have taught you. But he leaves them with the directive to go and make disciples. That is the job, the purpose of the church, to make disciples. We are to be making disciples. That's why our children's church is down there meeting now, Rock Island. That's why Bright Beginnings literally has laminated messages that they pour into our newborns. And they read scripture over them. They don't just babysit on Sunday morning. They have a full scale program where they literally pour the word of God into your baby. We believe in making disciples. We have programs all over the church. We have small group ministry where you're to be joining. We're encouraging you this year to join a small group so that you can get involved where there's teaching and where there's discipleship. We believe in the ministries that we have, the teaching all around the building, Sunday school, that all of these things are working together to bring discipleship into our church because we are commissioned to make disciples we're called to make disciples, we have to answer the question, what is a disciple? What is a disciple? Well, a disciple, as we've come to answer it at Stratford Heights Church, is simply this, and I had them bring our mission statement banners back out. We exist to embrace God, connect with one another, pursue growth, and serve the world. Four points. We believe that if a person literally comes into a complete understanding they have connected with each of these four points here, that that is, we believe, it brings the fruit of discipleship into their lives. Embrace God, connect with one another, that correlates not only with the great commission, go and make disciples, but it also correlates with the commandment that Jesus gave when he said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, body, and soul, and your neighbor as yourself. That's the first two points right there. Embrace God, connect with one another, pursue growth, which is the discipleship that we know and understand that we need in our lives, and serve the world. People who love God serve the world. People who love God serve God. And that's through serving the world. The discipleship plan we have all over the building, it's something that we we take serious about it. We're constantly praying about it and asking the Lord to give us information to guide us by the Holy Spirit into the truth of how do we minister, how do we disciple in this current age. It's harder now than it's ever been because of things like social media. Oh, we connect, all right. Everybody connects. There's 30 likes, 50 likes. We repost. We do all these things. We talk a lot about connecting on facebook and instagram and twitter and all these other things that that we connect with that all of these these social media things that are supposed to bring us all together have worked pretty hard from my perspective it's it's really done a lot to isolate us and tear us away from one another i've walked up to folks at camp meeting and i was not too long ago, I was surprised. I walked up to this gentleman, and I was being introduced to him. I said, well, hi, I'm, I'm Ray Phillips, and I went to shake his hand. He goes, oh, I know you. I, I follow you on Facebook. And I was just like, I don't know you. And he was like, hey, that looked like a great trip you took. <laughs> He's like, hey, that little niece of yours, she's a little cutie, isn't she? I'm just like, uh, uh, yeah. He's just like, yeah, I've been following you for a long time. And I'm like, back, back. I don't know you. We connect, but we don't really connect. We connect in weird ways. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not telling everybody to walk out and close down all your social media. That's how we get in touch with you. But it's important that we pursue the things that that bring discipleship alive in our lives, connecting truly with one another. Week also on Sunday nights we've been doing this. You've got in your pews. I want you to get these cards. They're sitting on the pews today. Take those with you. Put those on a refrigerator. You know, stick it close there so you know. You see one, two, three, four, five. It's for the Sunday evening schedules. Folks have been wondering what exactly are we doing on Sunday evenings. This is to help us. We prayed about this. We sought this. Don't don't think that for a minute we just decided to just change things up for for no reason. We've prayed about this. We sought a plan. I waited until I felt like God had given me a format for our Sunday evenings because, to be quite frank, you weren't coming. And, and, and we understand. We do two full-blown services on Sunday morning. So it wasn't that we were complaining, but we were saying, God, what can we do for those folks that genuinely need, you know, ministry and discipleship because discipleship is what we're about we're not just here as a country club for everybody to fill up the social calendar we're here to make disciples so on the first sunday night of every month it's revival night and we're man we're committed to full-blown worship preaching altar prayer time we're, we're committed to a full-blown revival service and this coming uh, sunday evening um, next sunday evening we'll be having that revival night cameron pastor cameron will be speaking. It'll be an awesome night. The second Sunday night of every month is prayer, and prayer is important for us. It's so vital to the discipleship process, to who we are and what we want to do. I know a lot of folks have said, well, you know, I mean, I can pray at home. Well, you better be praying at home. You better have a prayer closet at home. You better be praying at home, but listen up. All throughout the scripture, we are commanded to pray together. We're commanded to corporately come together. There is a prayer closet, but that is not all you're commanded to do in the Word of God. We are commanded to corporately come together in what God has called a solemn assembly. Many times throughout the Word of God, there were seasons and times when it was appropriate and right, and God called the church to prayer together, and we have not been praying enough in our church. But boy, I've been so happy and proud of what God has been doing. It started out a little small. You know, the first few times we did the prayer meetings, Elaine, there, there was a handful of folks that came out braving to come and do the prayer meeting. But at last Sunday night, we had a big old prayer meeting. Over 100 people were in the building, and they were literally lined up all the way back to the doors and almost out into the lobby. We prayed for everybody, anointed them with oil, and had a big old-fashioned Holy Ghost camp meeting right here on a Sunday prayer service. It was amazing to see that, and it's going to continue to just keep growing as people are saying, wow, we need this. We need prayer. We need to come together in agreement because, you see, it's in that agreement that we can see acceleration of God's work and power together. There are some things that happen, as you know in Scripture, wherever two agree and touch a thing, it's done. Wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in their midst. It was a priority for the apostles to come together and pray. You remember, he didn't send everybody to their houses to pray when the Holy Spirit was being Sent to the earth. He didn't tell his disciples, Go to your prayer closet and pray, wait there until you're endued with power. He said, No, everybody get to Jerusalem, get to the upper room. 120 of them gathered together in the upper room, and there they prayed until they were endued with power from on high. It was Peter who was released from prison in a miraculous way only when the church was gathered together praying. And what was hilarious about that was the chains fell off of him. The guards were removed. All the prison doors opened. The gates opened up. He walked out of the city and went to the very house where the church was in camp meeting, praying, knocked on the door, and they thought he was a ghost. So that's a message all in itself. But the church was praying. All throughout Scripture, the prophets and teachers were praying when Paul and Barnabas were were given their instructions on the missionary journey that they were to go on. The disciples prayed together whenever Judas' replacement was placed in the disciples. All throughout Scripture, we see the priority, the apostles put on praying together. It's important as a church... We pray together. There are seasons and times where we're called all throughout the Old Testament. They were called to seasons of corporate prayer. We must pray. We don't pray enough. You can't just pray in your prayer closet. That's not enough. We need to come together in agreement in prayer. Can I get an amen out of this crowd? Corporate prayer in history, every time there's ever been a great awakening or a move or revival, anywhere, anywhere in the land, it was when people came together to pray. A gentleman named Jeremiah Lamphere called a prayer meeting in New York City in 1857. It was from 12 to noon. He just wanted people to help him pray for revival. He sent out all the word. Six people showed up around 12.30. He thought it was a failure. He thought this wasn't good, but he felt led of God. He felt like the Lord had told him people needed to pray. There needed to be a revival in New York City in 1857. A great revival ended up breaking out, but it didn't start that way. It started with six people around 12:30 in the afternoon. And then by the next week, 20 folks had joined. Within a couple of weeks, 50 had joined. And then by the end of several more weeks a thousand people were there praying and then 10,000 and then that number within 15 weeks grew to 50,000 people until at the end of one year's time a revival had broke out all across America in every city in 1858 where there was a revival called the Great Second Awakening in America and over one million people gave their hearts to Jesus Christ. You and I know there must be prayer in the church. So, So that second Sunday night, God has instructed me, have a prayer meeting, have a prayer service and it's getting bigger and better, better, better all the time. You need to be here with us and pray. There's a revival breaking out in Charlotte, North Carolina, right now. Church of God, Loren Livingston is down there. And he is one of our great pastors in the Church of God. He started a Sunday night prayer meeting. I didn't collect it from him. I didn't get the idea from him. He started it right about the same time we did. Well, they've, they've taken it. The vision has caught the people. And they are in some kind of a major revival down in Charlotte right now. They're having people come to thousands strong to their prayer meetings on their night they call prayer meeting. I'm telling you, revival is coming. There's a great outpouring that's coming in the last days and I want in on it. I want Stratford to be in on it. I don't want to be just a church in name only. I want to be a church that's full of the power and the vision keeping our eyes on the prize for what God is doing in these last days. If you believe that, say amen. We need to pray. We need to pray. That third Sunday night's family night. That's the night when, when we want you to We've started we're making available some family altar devotions. It's not a night where I want you to sit in the recliner and just you know, drink Diet Coke and watch TV all night. It's where I want you to get on purpose, get intentional with your family. We're going to provide family altar devotions. We want this to be family altar night. I want you to get with your kids. I want you to get with your grandkids want you to make that night family night. Cook spaghetti. Bring everybody together. Have a family devotion time. We're all going to be doing the same devotion. This month, our discipleship pastor, Melissa Grawl, has written a beautiful devotion that's going to be available to everyone. It's for that third Sunday night's. Family Altar Night. Every month we'll feature a different pastor or teacher or someone in the church that's been, that's been given a, a, a heart or to write a devotion. That'll be a, something that'll be available to you. It's something there for you and your family to come together. Tonight is the mixed service, the Sunday nights. It's where we focus on young adult ministry and reaching out to the young adults in our church. And then on those fifth Sunday nights, we're going to be planning special events concerts, uh, southern gospel concerts. We're going to be looking at prayer services, and special services, um, even fellowships together. But on those five times a year when there's a fifth Sunday night, we're going to be planning a special event in 2020. So keep your eyes tuned for what's happening. This is not something that's canceled. This is something that's just changing format in order for us to continue building and making disciples. Samuel was giving this word to the children of Israel. They had decided they wanted to do things their own way. I love what Brother Jones said Sunday night or Wednesday night in his Bible study. He said he was talking about that sometimes we get caught up in our preferences. You see, the people of Israel, they had gotten caught up in their preferences. They liked what all the other nations were doing. All the other nations had a king. God said he wanted to be their king. So he gave them judges all throughout the scripture there. We find the judges working alongside of God being the king. But the people saw all the other nations with a king. And he, they they wanted. They cried out to Samuel that they wanted a king. And so in that they, they wounded God's spirit out of his heart. They, they rejected God as king and they rejected the judges. They didn't want the judges. And so God decided to honor their request and gave them a king. But in that process, as Samuel came to the end of his life, he looked at them and he said, look, God is giving you what you want. I'm telling you, there's a lot of folks living today on their own preference so living on their own ideas and own ideas ingenuity and they're trying to do it their own way but we've got to get back to the truth and mentality and the purpose of what is meant for us as children of God and serving the Lord and that's what these words of Samuel and that's why they mean so much to me this morning he says on his deathbed to the people of Israel he said only fear God and serve him faithfully truthfully with all of your heart for consider what great things he has done for you we have to stay focused. We have to stay focused on the things that are important in who we are as children of God. We were created for the glory of God. We were created to give him honor, to make, to know him and to make him known. We're created to to know him in fellowship, to love him. It's our heart's desire. The message is titled this morning, For the Love of God. In everything that we do, the only time we ever really get off focus is when we forget why we're here, what the real purpose is behind who we are as children of God. It's our heart's desire this morning to teach and to preach and challenge in such a way that you would leave here saying, I want to know Him more. You were made to glorify the Lord. We've got to stay focused on the main thing, We have to stay focused on what's important and vital, and that is loving God. There's so much I I wanted to share with you a story I was going to tell you, but I want to move on to knowing God, knowing Him for yourself as the heart of it all. That's the heart of serving. That's the heart of living. It's the heart of coming to church, being a part of the body of Christ, knowing the Lord with a true heart of joy and love, having that experience and encounter with Him in such a way that you You can't believe when you wake up in the morning the passion and the compassion that you feel, the glory that comes with living out this Christian existence in life. He wants us to understand and know that great first commandment that Jesus talked about when he spoke and he said as he was asked the scribe, what is the greatest commandment and he said to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, body and soul. And to love your neighbor as yourself, this is the first and great commandment. And the second, he says these things, there is no other commandment greater than these. If we're going to serve God, it begins by loving him, by knowing him. So I'd ask the question, do you love God? Do you know what it means to really love God? If someone asks you, do you love the Lord? Our first and quickest response and the correct response, politically correct response is to say, of course, yes, I love the Lord. I guess the question I would ask is, okay, maybe you love him, but do you like him? Do you like him? Have you dug down deep enough? Have you been through enough to have discovered how amazing and beautiful it is? to know God, to love God. When you wake up in the morning and you look at the beautiful sky and you see the creation around you, do you love him? Do you genuinely love him no matter what you face, no matter what you go through? Do you have that kind of experience where coming into his house is not a dread? It's not a drudge. It's not something you do out of obligation. It's not something you do because you, you've always done it. It's not tradition or routine, but it's you're here today because you couldn't wait to get to the house of the Lord. I found myself early this morning in the presence of God, and as it got closer for me to be here, I was reminded of the words of the psalmist who wrote and said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was so thrilled with the worship this morning. I'm so happy our choir is able to get away and so happy that we have praise and worship that sounds like this whenever they do get to get away. They did a good job. But what they did mostly, it wasn't their gifting, their talent, their singing as much, although that was wonderful. It wasn't those things as much as it was the presence of God that I sensed and that I felt, the power, the anointing that was behind the words that they spoke and they sang. Those things that lead me into the presence of God, that makes my heart beat faster, that makes me envision when they were talking about that veil being torn in two and the gates opening wide. Are you able to see in the spirit? Are you able to understand and know I was standing there at the throne of God and I saw the gates opening wide and I thought I'm able to walk through. I've been given access marty by the blood of jesus christ my high priest is now made access available to me and i'm thinking how marvelous and wonderful i i gotta get out i don't apologize for it i don't know why the rest of you don't join me i know trent does we gotta get out in the aisles i I can't handle just standing there i want to get out and, and that's my nature it's probably not yours but I love, I want to I understand him, I want to know him in greater power, you're never out of line if you want to get in the altar, if you want to walk in the aisle, that's, that's okay with me because man, I am so impassioned by what he's done for me. I'm so thankful this morning that I get the privilege of coming to his house. I'm thankful that I'm not lost out there in the world somewhere and don't have the smarts to know that this is the place I need to be. I'm thankful that he's allowed me to be a pastor in his church to stand behind this pulpit and I want to tell you there's nothing like the love of God. There's nothing like knowing him on the deep inside of your spirit. Nothing like that in all the world. I'm not here to please you. I'm not here to be your best buddy i'm not here to impress you to get the applause from you i live for an audience of one i get up every morning wanting to make sure that he is the one that's pleased with me i want to live to serve him and to love him i want to know know him psalm 63 and 1 david wrote this he said when he was in the wilderness of judah oh god you are my god early will i seek you my soul Thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied. loving God. Satisfied. Satisfied. You know, a tragedy happened this week, and I want to thank my sister Melissa for showing this to me, but Toby Mack, the Christian singer, his son, in his early 20s, died suddenly in Nashville this week. Apparently the young man was struggling with life, and While they don't know the cause of death, a cardiac arrest, they're crushed, destroyed. Here he is on tour singing to all of God's children all around the world. Very, very well-known Christian artist, sings great songs, love his music. On tour and gets called home because his son is dead. And the whole world sits back and watches as this Christian artist, this singer, as he's up and sang about God and God's love for so many people, they all wonder what will he say? What will he do now? Because you see, this Christianity is so fragile with some people. So fragile with many people who are all in this just for what they get out of it. They serve God for the position, for the pat on the back, for the recognition, for all that comes with being known by people and popularity and all that junk. You wonder, the whole world wondered how would Toby Mac respond Jennifer when he's faced with the biggest tragedy of his life. You did it. and You did it right. This is what he and his wife ser- shared. My wife and I would want the world to know this. We don't follow God because we have some sort of under the table deal with him. Like we'll follow you if you bless us. We follow God because we love him. He is the God of the hills and the valleys. Hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ, my righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, the holy lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. The essence of loving God is knowing him, enjoying him, admiring him, and leaning on him in the time of trial. It was on the storm, the disciples in the boat, as they, the night sky was raging, the winds were blowing, the thundering, and the lightning was all around. There was nowhere in the word of God where it says it will not rain, that there won't be storms, It won't be trials and troubles. I've been through them. I've been through them recently. But it was in the middle of that storm that they saw Jesus coming out to them on the water. And Jesus said to them what he says to us this morning. It is I. Be not afraid. Gary, there is a God in heaven. There's a God in heaven. Only fear him. Love him. That word fear in the Old Testament. Study it. It means love, honor, respect. Reverence. Reverence him. Only fear the Lord. Serve him faithfully. Consider. What great things He has done for you. Count your many blessings, name them one by one. Often, our prayer time, we brag about our prayer times, but usually I hear a lot anyway. People spend a lot of time lumping all their blessings in one part of the prayer. Lord, thank you for your blessings. And then they start listing all their problems. What would happen today if we started? listing all of our many, many blessings. Lord, I thank you for air I'm breathing today. I thank you for the heartbeat in my body. I thank you that I woke up in my right mind. I thank you that you woke me up this morning. I thank you that I have got my right mind and I can serve you and be in your house. I'm thankful for a church where the spirit of the Lord is here. I'm thankful For Christian brothers and sisters. I'm thankful that I'm saved. I'm thankful that I'm sanctified. Thankful that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Thankful for the presence of God that has delivered me and healed me and been there for me in the midnight hour. I'm thankful that in times of tragedy and sorrow, he was a present help in the time of trouble. I'm thankful that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord lifts up a standard against him. I don't have any fault with God this morning. He has been there for me. In the good and the bad. He's been there when I've been on the mountain. And when I've been in the valley. He's been there for me. When I have over and over and over again in my life. Needed. Rescued. He's been there. He's a high tower to run into when I need him. He's a, he's a refuge when I need him from a storm. He is my God. And he's there. There on the throne. And he's in charge. And he is God. God over every circumstance in my life. I love Him this morning, do you love the Lord? Do you know why you 're here? The Bible says no one can serve two masters. You love one or hate the other. If you love god he 's the heart of it all. When I came across the 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 border last uh, last Sunday, I was coming from Kentucky. I preached at the Winchester Church last Sunday uh, for a pastor appreciation day i 'd promised i 'd do it months and months earlier, and so I was there, and I was coming back late and I, so I was coming back over the Uh, the river across the bridge, coming into Ohio. I thought I'm going to see my sign. I love that sign. I've taken that sign picture, even kept it in my photos. I love seeing that sign, Ohio, the heart of it all. They changed it. It says, find it here. I was so mad. I looked up and I said, what? Find what? What did I lose? This is stupid. What what is that? Find it here. Find what? I said, where's the heart of it all? So I put up my message this morning, so it's there. (laughs) The heart of it all. You see, the the reason you breathe, the reason you trust Christ, the reason that you're alive and you're in purpose and destiny is God. God, the creator, the the creator of the universe, the creator of it all. Keep your eyes on him. Don't lose focus on him. Don't look to the things of this world. Don't look to the circumstances around you. Keep your eyes on God. God gave you life. God gave you purpose and destiny. God, God is why we do what we do. He's the heart of it all. When we get off our focus, when we start worrying about everything going on around us, when we lose sight of that good, bad, and ugly, God is real. God is the power. God is our purpose. He's our destiny. If we keep that in sight, then we don't lose that. I'm telling you, it makes all the difference. It keeps us focused. It keeps us moving in the right direction. If you love the Lord, you have a relationship with Him, you will serve Him. And I'm getting ready to close, so... Come and help me, Tyler. If you love the Lord, you'll definitely serve Him. He's the heart of it all. Keep the focus. But if you love Him, you'll serve Him. A lot of people serve for lots of different reasons. A lot of people serve selfishly. They serve for their own ego. They serve, you know, because they want to be seen They want their name and lights. They want power. They want recognition. They want a pat on the back, as I said earlier. A lot of people serve for many, many different reasons. Not everybody who serves loves God. Let me say that again. Not everybody who serves loves God. But I will say this. While everyone who serves may not love God, everyone who loves God will serve. Will serve. Will serve something. Will do something. We got to do something. If you love Him, it's like fire shut up in your bones. You got to let people know. You want Him to be known. You, you got. They got to have that. The same knowledge that you do. I, I've come to know the Lord. I, I. I don't have a perfect life by any means. I don't have all the things other people have, but I have this. I I have found that I know that God is real. I have known, I've come to know Him. I can speak to Him. I can talk with Him. I don't lose sight of that. I, I do sometimes get tired. I get weary and I have to hit myself and knock myself back into track. Sometimes I do get off in attitude and I have to correct myself. We all have those times, but I've, I can tell you with a clear heart and a pure conscience, I know that God is real. I know that He's there. I know that he's, he's the author and the finisher of my faith. I know that at the end of it, I don't doubt. I don't question. I don't ever scratch my head and go, well, I mean, I hope God's there. I hope He's real. I hope He hears us. No, see, that was settled with me a long, long, long time ago. I know that I know that I know he's real. He's expressed himself. He's shown himself. He always shows himself to me. It was not long ago that I I, I was going through a, a very difficult time. I was wrestling, fighting. And I, I didn't even see a way out. It was just seemed like the struggle, the fight was not going in the right direction. And I, I prayed and I cried out to the Lord. And I Stood up and when I stood up and I was done praying and I, I felt like I had a word. I felt like the Lord had given me a word that everything was gonna be okay in my spirit and, and, and but I wanted something tangible, you know. Sometimes you just do, right? But I, I was like, God, I believe that you. I, I just I'm gonna hold to that word. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on that word, I'm gonna hold it close. That's you. And I stood up from my prayer, and when I did, I turned. And there was the biggest double rainbow I'd ever seen in my life. As clear and vivid as anything. And I felt the Holy Spirit just fall on me. And with tears rolling down my face, staring at that thing. I said, is that you? Is that you? And the tears... And the Lord spoke to me as sharply as I've ever heard him speak to me in my life. Just like the day he called me into ministry, he said, I got you. Now watch me. And I want you to know within hours, that situation completely turned. And God came through. came through. Let me tell you something. Stand with me. Only fear the Lord. Serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider how great are the things he's done for you. Proverbs 9 and 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. An audience of one. You know, I lived, the first year I was pastor, I lived almost in fear. Brother Watkins, Pastor Watkins, our former pastor, had done a lot of grooming and training with me and I remember as I was assigned as the pastor and he would come in on the weekends and he would be here and he'd sit right over here and he would just sit there and the whole time I would preach he would just have his eyes closed and week after week after week he would preach or I would preach and I'd keep my and everybody over here is like Amen, Brother Ray, yes, good, praise God. They're all giving me, woo, yeah, good going, good. After church, oh, man, you're doing good, buddy, you're doing good. Brother Watkins. It went on for almost a year. He'd sit there. No amens, no claps, no nothing. Every Sunday, and I'd walk out. And everybody would be like, oh, man, you did so good. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, thanks. Somebody asked me one time, I was like, why are you so down on yourself? And I was just like, well, I mean, you know, Brother Watkins just always sits there. He just stares at me. He didn't even stare at me. He closes his eyes. He do not even want me to see him looking, not looking. But I'll never forget the one Sunday. You know, he had, he had poured into me, he, he'd rape me over the coals, I don't know how many times. He'd tell me, Brother Jones, he'd tell me to come to his office on Monday morning. I'd sit in his office and he'd say, what were you thinking? he you had three messages in one, you lost me after 20 minutes. And I'd be like, yes sir, yes sir. Don't tell so many stories. Yes sir, yes sir. He, he poured himself into me, and I say that with the kindest regard, because he helped me be who I am today. Wonderful, wonderful, godly man. But after I'd been already made pastor, he just sat there. But one Sunday, his eyes were open. And after church was over, I was like, something's different. And I was coming down this way, and he looked at me and he said. And I went over to him. And I said, yes, sir. How you doing, Brother Watkins? Good to see you. He goes, that's all he said. He said, now, you're my pastor. And he hugged me. He hugged me. You know what I learned from that? What I learned from that was something that the Lord gave to me. And when I went back to the Lord, you know, Lord show me what all that was for. The Lord said, live to please me. Turn that around. Now, you know, Brother Watkins wasn't God, but he represented authority, spiritual authority in my life. The Lord used that to teach a lesson to me about not letting the crowd, not letting the crowd be the gauge on whether I'm good or bad or right or doing a good job or a bad job. Live for an audience of one. Love God. Serve him faithfully. Consider what great things he has done for you. I live every morning to please him, to honor him, and I want you to do the very same. I want us to be a mature church, a mature people. I want it to be so that, Jennifer, I don't always mean to embarrass you, but darling, Friend, you went through something that other people sat back and wanted to see how you were going to respond but you came through as someone with faith you came through as somebody who loved God I'll never forget the tears that were streaming out of your eyes when we came into the ICU to see you you didn't know all that had happened you didn't have all the answers yet the tears rolling down your face as you couldn't talk to us but you wrote us notes and it was all about your trust your confidence in God no matter what I'm telling you you have done more for the kingdom of God than you will ever know by just being faithful to your love for him you can do no more than be faithful And do the greatest ministry that this world will ever see. Serve him faithfully. Serve him fearfully with love. And watch what he does with your life, with your testimony. It'll touch other people. He's not so interested in your IQ as he is your I will. God just wants your I will. Father, we come to you this morning. I know its I've kept them long, and I'm going to let them go. But God, I pray that in the name of Jesus, you would touch our church, that we would be reminded today of the purpose, the reason why we do what we do. We love you, that you are the heart of it all. Now, Lord, we what we do, we do for you. We do because of you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the sacrifice. Thank you for your son. Thank you, Jesus, for the sacrifice you made. Thank you all. This whole day has been about honoring what you've done for us. We bless your name and praise you with all of our heart. Guide and direct our steps. Keep us as a church growing up in you, disciples for the kingdom of God. So we never fail to give you the glory, the honor, and all the praise. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Now listen, before you go, I do want to tell you about the conference coming this weekend, ladies' conference. All you ladies, you're invited to come back. Let me just, I just needed to tell you, Sister Glamoury, she is amazing. This lady is such a teacher and preacher. You're going to love her. You do not want to miss this coming weekend, the ladies' conference. It's free. You don't have to register. You just show up and you'll be here.